Hi, you guys. This is Heidi St. John. I'm glad you've joined me for another episode of Off the Bench. Today's Mailbox Monday, and we're going to tackle some really interesting questions today, starting with the question of spanking. This has become very unpopular in recent years as people have moved farther and farther away from a true understanding of the Bible. And so today I'm going to tackle that and several more questions from listeners. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right. Well, I want to welcome everybody who's watching this on YouTube today and also on Anchor. We're glad that you're here. If you've got questions that you would like me to address here at the show, the way to do that is to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. You will find a form there and you can leave your questions and we are always happy to answer them. As always, please keep those questions short and sweet and to the point. I started last week with a brand new study called Imago Day Created known and loved. And we jumped right into the deep end talking about uh, the emergent church and the issue of progressive Christianity and why I think that is contributing to the mess really that the church is in. If you would like to do a deep dive into kind of the history of the modern church movement, sort of where we got to where we are so that we can dig our way back out because it's going to take us some time, right? We didn't just get here overnight. It's going to take us some time to dig our way out. The reason that I started that uh, the Bible study with a look back at history and particularly highlighting the movement that is the emergent church and progressive Christianity is so that you guys can see the stark contrast to what uh, our original church fathers taught us about in the scripture. And we're watching a church now that's very emotional, that wants to move away from the authority of Scripture, and that it can also be seen in parenting. I am a mother of seven children, as most of you know, and our children now uh, range in age from almost 12 years old all the way up into their 30s. We have four grandchildren. Our oldest grandson is nine. Our grandkids, like our children, are being homeschooled right now, and I have a vested interest in continuing to talk about parenting and shepherding children, why it's so important that we understand God's word and apply it to every aspect of our lives. Before I jump into the topic of spanking, though, I want to issue a couple of caveats. First of all, a spanking done with the right heart and the right intent does not resemble abuse. And I grew up in a home As many of you know, if you've read Becoming Mom Strong, if you've followed me for any length of time, I grew up in a home where spanking was absolutely, definitely used, not in a way that would be pleasing to the Lord. And it was abusive. And I know that a lot of you have been victims of that kind of, you know, so-called discipline. That's not discipline, right? The Bible exhorts us, parents, fathers especially, Don't provoke your children to anger. We're called to love our children, to train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so um, this is in no way me saying spank your kids however you want to. Uh, No, I think there are parameters for it. So I've done a little bit of, of research, although I will say. God, you know, spanking is part of child discipline in the word of God. And it's just like any other biblical 
exhortation, any other biblical point of view, when it's taken out of context or when it's applied wrongly, people want to go back and go, well, that's God's fault. No, that's the fault of the people that are wrongly applying the uh, the word of God to whatever situation that they're facing. So I'm going to go ahead and read this question. And it comes from Maryland and a mom named Michelle. She wrote and said, Heidi, is spanking unbiblical? If so, what is the alternative? If it is biblical, how is it done correctly? Also, do you have any input on the gentle parenting movement? So first of all, like I just told you before, I am, I believe that spanking is biblical. I believe that it is often handled very badly and people will spank their children in anger. If you're spanking your kids in anger, just knock it off. Like if you can't control your own anger and your uh, first response is start hitting your kid, that's absolutely not what the Bible talks about. But children are, um, they're so impressionable. And I remember, you know, I think you guys need to, to think about it this way. I remember my view of God when I was very young, uh, as reflected really in the eyes, I think of my dad and I saw God as this just authoritarian, you know, meanie, this, 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 you know, pie in the sky figure that was just waiting for me to screw up so that he could issue some new punishment or, or, um, belittle me in some way. And that is not the heart of God at all. We read all throughout scripture that God is love. The Bible says he's slow to anger, that he abounds in mercy. And uh, it's important for us as parents to remember that we are our child's first encounter with authority and their first view oftentimes of how they are going to see God in the years to come. I've always been, as many of you know, impressed with the ministry of Dr. Dobson. He's a friend of mine. I've been on his show several times. He's written a book called Dare to Discipline that I will link back to in the show notes today. But he gave five basic reasons why spanking doesn't work. And I'm going to read them to you and I'll link back to this article or why spanking fails. Here's the first one. The most reoccurring problem results from infrequent whimsical discipline. Half the time the child is not disciplined for a particular act of defiance and the other half he is. Children need to know the certainty of justice. If there is a chance of beating the system, someone will repeatedly try it. So what he's saying is be consistent in your discipline. If there is a, an offense that's worthy of a spanking or worthy of somebody sitting in the corner or worthy of, you know, whatever it is, a grounding, be it whatever, then be consistent in your discipline too. The child may be more strong-willed than the parent and they both know it. If the child can outlast a temporary conflict, he has just won a major battle, eliminating discipline as a tool in the parent's repertoire. The strongest of youngsters are tough enough to comprehend intuitively that the spanking must not be allowed to succeed. Thus, they stick, stiffen their necks and gut it out. I got to tell you, I had a child like this. And for, I mean, whatever worked with the other kids did not work with this particular child. And at one point, I remember, you know, uh, administering a spanking. And this child looked at me like, really? Is that all you got? And I realized right then, wow, this is never going to work, right? So I could I could spank this child, you know, from sunup to sundown, and it wouldn't make any difference at all because Dr. Dobson is exactly right. There was a determination to sort of outlast, out, um, you know, outmaneuver, gut it out, if you will. That's not healthy. Okay, so it's not healthy for you, and it's not healthy for your child. I have another child who all I got to do is look at her, and uh, and know she knows she's in trouble, and she'll start crying. Completely different personalities, by the way. One can be as manipulative as the other. But what I realized with this one child, with which spanking did not work at all, I asked the Lord to help me understand the currency. 
that that um, was necessary in the discipline procedure with this particular kid. And so what it ended up being was that the thing that was hated more than anything, more than a spanking, more than grounding, more than anything else was to be just uh, sidelined. So in other words, if if this if um, if I was dealing with disrespect, if I was dealing with tattling, if I was dealing with you know lying or stealing or whatever it was, I knew a spanking wasn't going to work. But what did work was making this kid sit it out while the rest of us watched a movie or while we played a game or while we did something together because the Lord really showed me the in, the um, the need of this particular kid of mine to be included. And once it was established that this was the direction that the discipline was going to take, once I understood the currency that that child was dealing in, it was revolutionary. It changed the way that I parented, particularly uh, going forward. And some of you might be in that position right now. Three, the parent suddenly employs a form of discipline after doing nothing for a year or prior to that time. Uh, it takes a child a while to respond to a new procedure and parents might get discouraged during the adjustment period, but take heart knowing that the discipline will be effective over time if consistently uh, applied. This was absolutely how I grew up. So I never knew when I was, you know, what was going to tip my dad, you know, to the point of, of, uh, of an anger that was un- uncontrollable. Your kids should not be afraid of you. They shouldn't be afraid of you. You shouldn't be afraid of how you're going to respond to your children. Parents that love their kids are going to pay attention to how they discipline their children. And if you're suddenly, uh, you know, going for a brand new form of discipline, whether it's a timeout or sitting in the corner or writing sentences or a spanking or whatever it is, and you haven't explained the rationale to your child or why you're doing what you're doing, your child is going to feel like they can't trust you. And that's that's always the outcome of any type of bad discipline. Four, the spanking might be too gentle. If it doesn't hurt, it isn't worth avoiding the next time. So a slap with the hand on the bottom of a multi-diapered 30-month-old is not a deterrent to anything. While being careful not to go too far, you should ensure he gets the message. This is right. And I, I keep hearing from people who are like, oh, that's abusive. No, a spanking is not abuse. Abuse is abuse. And as a girl who came from an abusive home, I can tell you right now that that uh, the environment that I came from does not negate the truth of God's word. And uh, finally, number five that Dr. Dobson leads, five reasons why spanking fails, is for a few children, this technique is simply not appropriate. Obviously, the neurologically handicapped child who's hyperactive, for example, might be made more wild or unmanageable by corporate punishment. You guys need to be asking the Lord, Father, what is it that you want me to do? How would, how should I be uh, parenting this child? Because God's going to give you exactly the direction that you need. Uh, the, the question that always comes up, is spanking biblical? And I want to also, I guess I'm going to end with this question today. Uh because this is such a divisive issue. I've noticed it's, it's divisive, particularly among people that came from homes where spanking was abused or spanking was uh, was administered inappropriately for whatever reason. And now it's become very divisive in the church. And we're not talking about whether or not it can be used appropriately. We're just talking about how this has been used to abuse children, which it absolutely has. But you can think of a million different ways that kids are abused, right? Take these issues before the Lord. Take them before the Lord and ask God, what would you have me do? How can I get to the heart of my child? Because ultimately, 
that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get to the heart of your child. We don't, we never discipline a child, whether it's spanking or a time out or we've grounded them from a certain privilege or whatever. We never, we should never be doing that just for the sake of doing it. The, the idea is to teach a lesson. In my house, I was very keen to assign extra chores. So if I had a child, for example, who demonstrated that they were lazy, they were going to do more work than would be normally assigned to them until I felt like they understood the principle of helping out around the house and pulling their own weight. So there's lots of different ways that you can uh, establish your authority with your children without being overbearing and without being abusive. Uh, But again, to say that the Bible, that somehow um, uh, spanking is either condoned in the Bible, absolutely um, mandated, or that we're not supposed to do isn't the case at all. God is asking you to be wise. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. I had an anonymous question from a listener in South Carolina, and she writes, Heidi, my husband is a supportive and loving Christian husband and father. However, he watches TV shows and movies with our teenagers, which I am not always okay with. Just a little bit too much violence, language, or suggestive scenes. He skips ahead if it's too much. TV shows that he and I watched early in our marriage as adults, but which I don't think are appropriate for teenagers. Recent movies, which include too much of the culturally approved topics, I know the answer to my concern, but I'm interested in your opinion and think other women may be in the same place. If I mention it to him, it seems I'm bypassing his position as head of the household, but I also believe I'm to protect my children from being exposed to things unnecessarily. So first of all, I love the heart behind your question because it lets me know that you want to honor your husband. This is the most important thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with talking to your husband and talk and sharing your concerns with him about what your kids are watching on television. You said your kids are teenagers. There's a massive big difference between a 13-year-old and a 17-year-old, for example. And so I don't know what are the ages of your children that we're talking about. But regardless, it's always a good idea to be on the same page as husbands and wives. And so I would encourage you, you know, sit down with your husband and talk to him, not in an overbearing, demeaning tone, but maybe just saying, hey, I'm concerned that our kids are being exposed to things they shouldn't be exposed to and talk it out with him. Never, never, never confront him about this stuff in front of your children. It sends a terrible message to your children and will be humiliating for your husband. The Bible's clear instruction to wives is that we are to respect our husbands. And so I don't think you should ignore the topic, but I think that uh, addressing it in the right time, in the right place, particularly in an attitude of humility and just coming together because he loves those kids as much as you do. We can often have different uh, differences of opinion in raising our children. We could have one, for example, before the break, I talked a little bit about spanking. I've got really great friends who don't spank their kids. I know uh, couples who one agrees that spanking is a good thing and the other one doesn't. They had to reach a an, uh, an amiable conclusion, which often ends up being a compromise whereby they are on the same page with parenting. And this is no different than that. So I would encourage you talk to your husband, let him know 
how you're feeling about it and then let him respond and don't interrupt him. That was a really, really great question. We've got time for one more question today, and this one comes from Abby in California. Hi, Heidi. Recently, a woman at my mom's small Pentecostal church accepted the Lord. She is a mom of young kids in her late 40s. The common practice at this church is to encourage new believers to take a Christian essentials class, and the elders of the church enjoy coming alongside them. After she completed the class, she signed up to get baptized. Unbeknownst to her, some of the elders reported their concern to the lead pastor of her wanting to be baptized as she had shared with them that she was not married. She had shared with an elder that indeed she lived with the father of her kids, but that for one reason or another, he had refused to get married. She shared that leaving him was obviously out of the question at this stage in her life because she did love him and was now as a saved woman fervently praying for their relationship status to change. Well, the elders of the church were up in arms when the lead passed with the lead pastor because they said she was living in sin and as such could not get baptized. This has caused division in the church and has somewhat marred this woman's early Christian life. What's your take on the issue? Listen, I don't read anywhere in the Bible that if you have a sin issue, you can't accept Christ. We come to the Lord. We accept the Lord Jesus into our lives, we come to him broken and naked before the Lord in need of grace and forgiveness and repentance. And he offers his hand to us. And so there's, there is not, I I don't see in the Bible. I mean, they would encourage her. Hey, we're going to encourage you in the space that you're in. She was living with this man who's the father of her children before she found the Lord. And now the elders of this church want to shame her and tell her that they, that she can't get baptized. Find that for me in the Bible. You're not going to be able to. It's a wrong application of scripture. And frankly, I'm, I'm actually thrilled that the church has a, uh, a Christian's, uh, Christian basics course that they're doing their, their due diligence and teaching, um, a brand new baby believer the basics of the Christian faith. She's got the rest of her life to grow in her knowledge and understanding of the Lord, but to, to deny her, to be baptized, I don't find that anywhere in scripture. And frankly, it's appalling to me. And so, uh, it doesn't need a long answer from me because I don't find a defense for what they're doing in a scripture. If she if she was saying, uh, listen, you know, she became a Christian and then she decided, hey, I'm going to I'm going to go off and start sleeping around or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Obviously, you're going to come alongside her, but you would never deny her the opportunity to be saved. And so I don't understand why you would deny her the opportunity to say, I want to I want to show the world that I, I'm, I'm identifying with Jesus Christ in his death and his resurrection by um, enjoying and entering into the beautiful uh, display of faith, which is baptism. And so there's my, there's my sort of rather quick answer to your question. I think that the elders are handling this badly. And I agree with you that her experience as a young Christian is, this is probably jeopardizing how she sees herself in light of God's grace and God's mercy and God's forgiveness. God has so much mercy for his kids. I don't understand why we can't have mercy as well. All right, you guys, that's all I've got time for today. If you've got questions that you want to, that you want to shoot to me, you know how to do it. HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Thanks to everybody who's watching this on YouTube. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We would love to hear your show ideas and guest ideas as we move into the winter months here at the podcast. We're very excited to have some really great guests coming on tomorrow. My friend Barbara Cameron is going to join me and we're going to talk about life uh, growing 
growing up in the Cameron home. And uh, as many of you know, Barbara Cameron is the mother of Kirk Cameron, who is also a friend of mine. She has an amazing testimony. You guys are going to be encouraged. Don't miss it. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends and for supporting this ministry financially. You can reach out to us via mail at Heidi St. John, care of firmly planted family, 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98684. Have a great day, everyone. And I will see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.